This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. My God. Oh, man. Florida State's expected to hire Memphis' football coach, Mike Norvell. There's another candidate for the Missouri Tigers search, as that is no longer going to be an option. A lot of people think Lane Kiffin is off and running for the old Miss job. Is that correct? Yeah. That's what, that's what all the reports are, is that they're finalizing a deal. So, Lane Kiffin moving back up in the world. We'll see how it goes this time. Yeah. Uh, not really sure. Couldn't really... I don't know if I would. Uh, I don't know if I would go with Lane Kiffin. Maybe if I was Mizzou. KU's actually got a better coach than Mizzou football. Something you don't hear every day. Um. By the way, Ozzy Osbourne is offering twenty five thousand dollars in reward to recover stolen instruments and gear. If you can understand what he asks of you, then you can go find it. I feel like Stephen Baldwin really wanted to go with the Chris Jericho look. But it didn't work out. And I am on his Google pay on Google images looking him up. My Lord. He used to have hair all the way down to his pecs. And he was clean shaven. Now he's gone heel turn with the mullet and the beard. My goodness. Yeah, he is. He's uh, he's Kiefer Sutherland from the Lost Boys. Uh, that's for sure. Um, something that's not lost is the fact that the there is a lot of importance in this game on Sunday. Um, I think one thing that's very important with this game is the fact that the Chiefs can literally win the AFC West if they win and Oakland loses. Oakland plays the Tennessee Titans. And the Tennessee Titans, I think, have to keep winning in order to stay relevant in that AFC South and to stay relevant in that wild card pick. Because one thing we know is Tennessee is not that bad of a team. They should have been beaten by the Chiefs, but they know how to run the ball with Derrick Henry, and it would appear that Ryan Tannehill has found his home. Yeah, I believe that uh, I believe they're five and one ever since Ryan Tannehill took over. Yep, and Ryan Tannehill has learned how to how to run the ball as a quarterback. He's been more mobile. In fact, I think it was Frank Clark after the Chiefs game. Is they were like, we didn't think Ryan Tannehill was going to be that physical of a runner. Uh, yeah. Baylor, Oklahoma, 23 to 20. I believe, what was that over under at? Wasn't it like 67? That's what it was at. Mm -hmm. So, yet to hit the fourth quarter, or no, we're in the fourth quarter. We've got 8.33 to play in the fourth quarter. Oklahoma's got the ball right now. They're uh, approaching midfield. Yeah. Um, And they need, there's 47 points on the board, so we need 20 more points in this game. I'm sorry, 43 points. Don't think the 67 is going to hit unless we get some fireworks in the last seven minutes here. Never know in the Big 12. That's right. Um, I think it's crazy. 
Um, when you look at this game and what this game implicated when it was back in the AFC Championship game was over and people let the hate and disgust and the anger kind of just let it settle and get over it. And then you realize, hey, we're going to get a crack in New England again. We already know we're playing them at Gillette. When are we playing them? And then it came out that we're going to play them in December. And you thought to yourself, well, crap. We're going to go to New England in the middle of winter in Foxborough at Gillette. And we're going to have to try to beat the Patriots late in the season where there could be something on the line. Something that we've seen so many times in the last few years of uh, New England looks vulnerable and then December t- comes around and they just turn it off. Right. And so I think when you look at this, um, I don't think that the buzz is completely gone. I just think it's a little bit watered down. But I think the buzz around the quarterback matchup is where the buzz is at. Now, I get it. Um, quarterback plays what sells the NFL. I don't have to tell you anymore that Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes are the future of the NFL and that that's where a lot of primetime games are going to be moving forward because they're all going to play each other for the next few years moving forward. And you remember when it was Brady, Breeze, Rodgers, and Manning. Every Manning-Brady game was a primetime game. And in fact, when we talk about the buzz of this game, it is the fact, can Tom Brady finally lose to Patrick Mahomes? This year, Lamar Jackson in Baltimore beat Tom Brady. Deshaun Watson in Houston beat Tom Brady. The last team to beat the Patriots at Gillette was the Kansas City Chiefs. It just so happened that Alex Smith was the quarterback, and it was in 2017. In the regular season, Tom Brady and the Patriots have all the accolades. They have all the numbers. We said it earlier. Tom Brady and Julian Edelman, when playing at home, are 42-0 against ASC teams. That number is absolutely disgusting. The only reason it's not 42 or 41-1 is because Julian Edelman, I believe, was serving a suspension um, to start that 2017 campaign. So he wasn't on the field when they lost to the Chiefs and Alex Smith and Kareem Hunt and Tyreek Hill in that game with Travis Kelsey where everything seemed to click for the Chiefs. I think that this is a game where I don't know how athletes feel when it comes to situations like this. Like, I know what Patrick Mahomes thinks of Tom Brady because he's been vocal about it this week where he says he's, you know, the greatest of all time. We don't know if he's going to retire. He said it for the last couple of years that this is the end but it would appear that the trust that Tom Brady has in this offense, that the contract being up and that the timing would just seem perfect for Tom Brady to finally just be like, I'm going to grab my coat and my hat. Thanks, New England. It's been great. I'm 42. I'm done playing. I'm not having fun anymore. Blah, 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 whatever people do when they retire. And he would be going out on his own terms. It's kind of like one of those things where it just fits. It just feels right. Like in previous years, it's like, well, he's got an option. He's got an option. The team could bring him back. This year, it's kind of just like, Our hands are all clean. Maybe it's time to move away. Tom Brady can ride off into the sunset, and we can start thinking about a different team in the NFL and a different player other than Tom Brady and the Patriots. It sure looks like that, and not only because, you know, we've been here before and we've had this conversation for the past few years of, oh, it looks like maybe this is the end of Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and their run in the AFC. But what really stands out to me is their struggles this year against any really any good team outside of that week one win over Pittsburgh. And also the fact that you look at Tom Brady's contract and you look at the fact that he lost to two of the three of the upcoming stars of quarterbacks in the AFC in Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson. So this game, we talked about it earlier. It might not mean as much as far as 2019 goes and what these two teams are doing, because it's not like they're going neck and neck for a bye 
or either one of them is really on the fringe of missing the playoffs. So what this really comes down to is can Patrick Mahomes get his shot at Tom Brady while he still has one? Because I don't know if athletes, when it's all said and done, be like, man, damn, I never beat that guy. Like when I was in Little League, my dad was my coach. There was one team we just never beat. I don't think it beats us up to this day, but we remember it. Like it oh, was yeah. my best friend and his that. it was my best friend and his dad. We never beat him. We played him in the championship game one time, lost. Played him in the regular season every year, lost. It just didn't matter. Like we had good teams. We weren't bad teams. We just never beat that guy. It didn't beat us up, but for a couple years, and to this day I'm on the air now talking about Little League basketball because I will always remember that I never beat that team. Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes are quite similar. Tom Brady has always beaten Patrick Mahomes. Now, the sample size is small. They've only played two games, but this is the third time they'll play in the last year. Literally. They played last year, and they're playing this year. The thing about this is, what's well, I guess it'd be two years. But the thing about this is the fact that with Tom Brady, it always seems like the boy who cried wolf. Like, I, I could be done. I might be done. I don't know. And then... Now it's like, could Tom Brady do it without Gronk? Now he doesn't have Gronk, and now Tom Brady, to a lot of people, including Ross Tucker, who joined the drive this week, said that Tom Brady just looks miserable. I think this is the most frustrated I think I've ever seen him. He looks miserable every game, even when they're winning. I, I was there in 05 and 06. I've never seen him this frustrated, this angry, this mad. It's really, it's really interesting because, you know, at this point, He's won so much. He's made so much money. You know, he comes back just because he loves the challenge of it and he wants to try to win again. He looks like he's having no fun. And there's so much talk about, you know, whether or not he'll be in New England next year. I'm starting to wonder if he'll play football at all next year because he looks miserable. I mean, what, what, like, what, I, I know he's always a self-determined guy and always fired up, but why keep doing this if you're going to make yourself miserable? And Tom Brady doesn't have a miserable life outside of football. But if there's one thing that's making you miserable in your life at the older you get, you try to get rid of that. And just right, so you, you try to cut that out. Yeah, and just to let you know what him and his wife's net worth is combined, $580 million as of today. I think it'll be all right. I don't think he's playing for the contract at this point. <laughs> no. And but he, this, might be, this might be the last chance that Patrick Mahomes gets at Tom Brady if this is the last year. Before this season, everybody thought, oh, it was a foregone conclusion that it's going to be Chiefs and Patriots in the AFC Championship game, either in Arrowhead or in Foxborough. And right now, it's not really looking like that because two of your division winners, which one of them is going to go up against the Patriots in the playoffs, have already beat the Patriots and beat them pretty soundly, too, yeah. in both of those games with the Texans and the Ravens. So it's not very, it's not that unlikely to think that one of those teams will beat the Patriots before the Chiefs get their shot at them in the playoffs. So this might be the last chance for Pat. And just from a moral kind of standpoint – and what you want to see from Patrick Mahomes, you want to see him beat the best, and you want to see him be able to take down Tom Brady before it's all said and done. And the other things that could defend the point that Tom Brady might be done or might be over with, and that this is it, is that this NFL is a business. And the Patriots have to think about where they're going to go forward. Because if you stick with your guys, look at the Los Angeles Chargers. Who's behind Phillip Rivers? Where's that franchise going? We don't know. Where's Denver currently at? Who is behind Peyton Manning? They thought maybe Paxton Lynch. Then they thought, oh, boy, they could go get Brock Osweiler back from Houston if they gave him away from Houston. That didn't work. Now they've got Drew Locke. He's too young to tell. He's got one win under his belt. That has to move forward. But you think about this. The NFL is a business. It stays fresh because the turnover is consistently there. And if you also think about it, Tom Brady is not liked because he consistently wins. 
Yes, he might have some political views that you don't agree with. Yes, he might do things outside the NFL that you don't agree with, or he might be too cheesy on the social network. But at the end of the day, this whole NFL thing is Tom Brady's life, and Tom Brady is willing to leave it better than how he found it, which is always a good rule to live by. And Tom Brady has done exactly what he needed to do, and Tom Brady, I think, is smart enough to know that if the end is here, he's good. He has won six Super Bowls, and he's been to eight. They've won 10 games, more than I can count in that division. 12 games a ton. They've had 14 game-winning seasons. He has, a, he has an undefeated season under his belt. Tom Brady's not worried about his legacy. It's made. It's done. It is written in stone and forever will be talked about until I die. But one thing I can say is that if Pat can be the third of the three stars moving forward, it could collapse the Patriots and their run might finally be over to its end. Then what are the Chiefs? The next team to claim a fame? Are they the next team at the top? Hell, I know Andy would take on all that and all that comes with it because, quite honestly, how can you not like Andy Reid? He's a big guy with a great-looking mustache who likes to eat. He was on diners, drive-ins, and dives. He doesn't have that hatred montage that Bill Belichick can have where Bill Belichick doesn't high-five kids coming out of the tunnel in Dallas. Bill Belichick doesn't talk to the media. Andy Reid says, time's yours. Andy Reid jokes with media members and throws little jabs. It's funny. Patrick Mahomes is still young. Granted, he could be Steph Curry. He could that people could find things that annoy them about Patrick Mahomes. But what I'm saying is, is Baylor runs to the end zone against Oklahoma right oh boy. now. Uh, it's got a game now. But what I'm saying about this New England matchup and the and the Chiefs matchup is if Mahomes can be the third young quarterback to beat Brady this year, that could be overpowering. If Andy Reid can beat Belichick for the second time at home in Gillette, that could be overpowering. And then you may never play the Patriots again that have Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Again, I don't know what the future has, but I know that from what I've heard around Boston, from their radio stations, from what I've read from their supporters, it looks and sounds like Tom Brady might finally, finally be done. I know it's a lot like the boy who cried wolf, but he could finally absolutely be hanging it up. And I'll tell you this. If this is the last chance for Tom and the Chiefs, or for Tom Brady and the Patriots to play the Chiefs, but also, this secondary is starting to get it together. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price. 610 Sports Radio. Dynamite action. Young freshman throwing the rock for Baylor. 23-23. That under is definitely going to hit. Over-under with 67. It's Unless we go to overtime here, That's Dusty. True. That's true. Very, very, very valid point. Because right now it is 23-23. There's what, about, I don't know. What? 325 left. Yeah, so overtime's your only bet. Uh, to go to to go to hit the over under because then it'd just be touchdown or touchdown then they got to go for two and hopefully get it. Um, what you'd love to see the way this in the way this game could end is Oklahoma scores within like a minute and twenty seconds and then Baylor just drives right back down and scores. Um, then there's uh, 
what, 60 points on the board, right? Then it would be 30 to mm-hmm. 30. Oh, my. Yeah, that's what you need. You need Oklahoma to score quick, and then you need Baylor to score quick. As the first play from scrimmage for Oklahoma is like a rush for 12 yards. Um, so, this is interesting. We talked about this kind of a little bit in the last segment about this being the end of Tom Brady. We talked about this maybe being it because he looks like he's just miserable. This was Teddy Bruschi on this being it for Tom. Do the Patriots really think he'll walk? I wonder, Gary, if they actually might not have their fingers crossed that he does. Can you can yeah. you imagine that, Teddy, that the, the Patriots might be sitting there having their fingers crossed saying, oh, maybe Tom will leave on his own? Does that make any sense to you? I don't think they have that type of feeling like, get out of here, man. We're tired of you. Possibly the feeling, the, the mutual feeling of, you know, it just may be time to move on because I just know Bill and the thought process that he goes through and, and those numbers that that Tom has been defying for so long, you know, the age number, what I'm talking about, him getting up there now being 42, and then Bill probably believing four years ago it might have been time to move on, and then Tom proving him wrong over and over again. I think I've, I've said before that Bill's had to get used to that, about going through, a, going through something with a player that he was wrong about. So I think eventually Bill will come around again saying, so, okay, now I think that's it now. It's time to move on. I think the contract is set up, too, where, where Tom's a free agent, I think, after, at the end of this year. I'm he not is, really yeah. big in the contract yeah, aspect is. of it, fellas, but maybe it's already mutually agreed upon. You know, these are conversations that you deny having conversations about, you know, so maybe that's where they're thinking is anyway. Which that's interesting because that's Teddy Bruschi and Teddy Bruschi. If you watch ESPN enough, he's the kind of guy that's consistently like in favor of the Patriots. He's almost more than Rodney Harrison is on Sunday night football, which I guess, thank God this game's not on Sunday night football. Cause I feel like Rodney Harrison might be a little bit more of a favoritism towards the Patriots. Eh, maybe a little bit. He also said the chargers were better than the chiefs last year. Um, And the thing that I get out of that audio is the fact that, like, one, the way they started off where it's like, are the Patriots, are we sure the Patriots aren't sure they're crossing their fingers thinking that Tom's going to be done? Like, maybe this is it. Like, finally he's done. Like, maybe we don't have to be like, hey, Tom, we're going somewhere else. Because there is some interesting thoughts about what happened with with the way that they got rid of Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Like, they sent him to San Francisco. There was rumors that, like, maybe Tom was like, well, I'm not done. I'm playing until I'm 45, man. I'm going to play until I'm 50. And then, like, Garoppolo's like, dude, what the hell, man? Like, I'm trying to there play There was all NFL. that headbutting basically going yeah. on between Robert Kraft, Bill Belichick, and Tom Brady all trying to, like, pull for what they wanted. But it seemed like Belichick kind of wanted to go with Garoppolo. And, yeah, they moved on from that. But now it's like, how much longer is Tom Brady actually going to do it? Yeah. And the thing about it, too, is that, like, you see this everywhere. Like, you saw where, like, Ben Roethlisberger was like, I don't know how many years I got left. They drafted Mason Rudolph, and then Roethlisberger's like, well, I'm not done. I'm not going to show him what to do. Like, I'm, I'm not done playing. And then now he's got uh, Tommy John surgery. But what's crazy about this is that it's been fun, but I think the NFL is ready for something different. Like, I just think that, like, yes, the Patriots, primetime, Tom Brady is what you would think that everybody wants. But if it's not the same Patriots and it's not the same Tom Brady, it's not what they want. You know, I think that the NFL right now would probably like an AFC Championship game. Like, they would still be okay with Kansas City and the Patriots because it would be, right, the, it'd be rematch. the rematch. It would be in Gillette at this point, and it would be Mahomes-Brady round four, right? 
It'd right, be that, a great way for Tom Brady to go out and like yeah. all this stuff. But, and it would be, again, Patriots in the same situation as they're always in. You can hit all of those content points. But one thing that could come in handy is that what if it was Mahomes versus Lamar? Last year's MVP versus this year's MVP. Mahomes is on the other side of the spectrum where Mahomes has beaten Lamar Jackson twice and Lamar Jackson hasn't beaten Mahomes. But both times have been at Mahomes' palace. But the thing that's crazy about this is that the Pat, Lamar, and Watson who are taking over the league, Pat just needs to join the other two from this year and let Brady just ride off into the sunset. All good things come to an end. The NFL does its normal thing where it flips over and turns over to a new different division or a new type of football where things change, where it's now Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, and Patrick Mahomes. And speaking of things that need to change, and what we're seeing change is the way that this defense is played for the Kansas City Chiefs. And when they play the New England Patriots, as Nick and I were just talking about, what do you want to do? Now, you have your chemistry between the, Brad, the Badger brothers, thanks to Hangover Aaron, that's the name that they have, the Badger brothers, and Tyron Matthew and Juan Thornhill. Shavarius Ward has been outstanding this year. Oh, yeah. And Kendall Fuller still remains a question mark. Like We're not really sure what we get from um, the slot corner that is Kendall Fuller. But what we do know is that Edelman, James White, Sony Michelle are the three main targets for Tom Brady. That's where he's going to go most of the time. That's who he's going to be looking for because that's who he trusts. That's who he wants to find. And those are the three best matchups against this Chiefs defense. We saw when the Chiefs played the Green Bay Packers that they had trouble covering running backs out of the backfield. And... They struggled against Derrick Henry. Sony Michelle is not Derrick Henry. Not a lot of people are, but Sony Michelle runs like Derrick Henry. Head down through the tackles. James White scat back round the tackles over the middle. Who's going to cover those guys? I think that this defense is getting better because they're getting more reps. Yes, we are in Week 14 of the NFL season, and this is something that we have to pay attention to because it is now finally a team that at this point you'd hope you think. And you should know that what they are is who they're going to be moving forward. This defense, yes, will be without Mo Claiborne, without Fenton. And Frank Clark is coming off a injury, not an injury, but a illness bug. I think he'll be fine when it comes to Sunday. I think guys just pick things up whenever the NFL comes in. I think it's in. important that he's traveling with the team, too, right. obviously. You know, that shows that they think that he should play. But the thing that's crazy, and I heard this from... Good morning football on the NFL network. And that is the fact that, I mean, when it comes to this defense, yeah, this defense is getting better. This defense is moving the ball forward. This defense is just moving more as a gel. And what we thought this defense could be, it is be. Because before the year, Nick, you and I both said, let's just have this defense be ranked like in the top 20, not the bottom 20, not the bottom 12. And so far, this defense is looking like they're starting to figure things out. Now, granted, they play Derek Carr at Arrowhead, where Derek Carr is terrible, and they gave up 17 points to the Chargers, but they picked Phillip Rivers off four times. So this team's playing better, and this is what they said on Good Morning Football about this Chiefs defense moving forward. They're heating up, okay? And Nope, that's not the cut. I can't find the cut. I don't know why. This is bad radio for you, and I apologize for that. But... They have talked, oh, here it is, right here. And what they've done in Kansas City recently is they've kept guys in the same spot as much as possible. Oh, a little continuity. So it's rep after yeah. rep after rep and to get them to learn things. And the other thing is Tyron Matthew has been fantastic in bringing those guys all together. Uh, they gave him a lot of money. I remember in, in, in training camp talking to Spags, like, I love that guy. So he really has done a great job in getting everybody on the same page you right there. So that's what they had to say, and that's what basically sums everything up for me is that it's reps 
chemistry and just working together as a whole is going to move this team more forward. Plus, you still have Chris Jones on this team. Frank Clark is more than likely going to play. Tyron Matthew, Juan Thornhill, Shaverius Ward, they've all started to kind of figure out who they are as a personality for this defense. And moving forward, I like where the Chiefs defense can get going. And this will be a test because it's a road game against a team that is kind of just up in the air when it comes to New England Patriots. Mm-hmm. Uh, We've got about 30 minutes left, and what we always do at this time on every Saturday is we get to go outside the NFL. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price, 610 Sports Radio. Well, back is Jivey. Uh, 20... Seven minutes left of Out of Bounds on Saturday of Live and Local. You'll have Kristen Acero and Julio Sanchez as two of the sexiest of the trio when it comes to the overtime show that is following us. It'll be on from three until four, I believe, as then K-State will take over. Um, Not sure about next Saturday yet. We could be back. It would be a shortened show as K-State basketball will play... um, at 10.30 in the morning, which they would probably get done roughly around between 1 and 1.30, which would give us about an hour and a half of airtime to do a show for you, which would give the uh, the folks from overtime a full slate. Remember, tomorrow, starting at 1.25 on uh, – actually, let's start from the top of the day. Starting at 9 a.m., you get Steven Serta with his fantasy football show. Tune in. It's the playoffs. I know you're intrigued. He'll have all your sits, starts, streamers. Um, everything you need to know there. If you need some uh, some behind the back page of the uh, uh, information, you can check out the 435 Podcast Network. Forced to punt, I uh, get to help out Steven Serta uh, when it comes to that podcast. As you can hear anything and everything about playoff week, Eli Manning, um, everything. As we get into that here in a little bit, but also you'll have um, 10 to noon. You'll get my guy Jay Binkley. He'll be on Bink Sunday, full show, 10 to noon, and then at 1:25. Uh, the guys that I truly enjoy listening to every week and working with uh, Pete Sweeney and Kent Swanson, the Arrowhead Pride tailgate show uh, from 125 to kickoff. And then Pete Sweeney and Jay Binkley uh, will take your calls and all your questions after the game for the Arrowhead Pride postgame show. Nick Price will be with those guys all day to keep them afloat and keep them in order. And then also next week, the Therese Paler show returns on Monday. It's been on a two-week hiatus due to programming, but Therese Paler's show will continue on Monday night from 6 until 7, and then the rest of the week will start, as it will then be Bronco week. Um, but uh, like we do every week, we like to go outside the NFL. All right, Dusty, starting off, starting off with something that broke a few hours ago. We all kind of saw this coming throughout the week, but Eli Manning is officially back mm-hmm. as the starting quarterback for the New York Giants. They ruled Daniel Jones out. And here's the catch. They're playing the Eagles on Monday Night Football. Eli Manning is 116 and 116 as a starter in the NFL. Major Hall of Fame implications here? Uh, No, he has two Super Bowl rings. He's eighth all-time in passing touchdowns and yards. He's going to get in, but it would be funny if he went in as a losing quarterback. Two Super Bowl rings, two appearances. uh, The two teams that he's beaten, it's one team. It's the New New England Patriots. Um, Yeah, 116 to 116. 38-year-old Eli, Daniel Jones in a walking boot. I'm really not sure when it comes to 
who has a better reaction on the sidelines when it comes to faces, when it's John Gruden or Eli? Serta says it's unanimously Eli Manning because he just always he's looks just like always he's got the mouth open. Just yeah. He looks just, dumbfounded at what's he, going on around him. He always him. looks like his blood sugar's low. Yeah. And he's not around any chocolate. That's where Eli Manning sits for me. But I hope he gets the win. I, You know, I always root for the underdog. And it's Monday Night Football. Carson Wentz and the Eagles versus Eli Manning and the, and the Giants. Yeah, give me all Eli Manning's sideline facial reaction. I also just love the garbage that is the NFC East right now in that oh, yeah. playoff race. So I would Six. love to see them come and beat the Eagles, and then we've got some maybe below 500 teams. 7-9 in the playoffs, hosting would, Minnesota for the first round. That would be fantastic. Uh, another thing that's fantastic, Maurice Jones-Drew. You were uh, telling me something about him and fantasy football before the show. Yeah, so Maurice Jones-Drew played fantasy football for most of his NFL career and drafted himself in every season. He's quoted as saying, first overall every time, baby. That's awesome. He was actually a viable play. A couple of those years, he was like a top three pick in fantasy football. Oh, yeah, he was a a viable play, man. He was like a a bowling ball. He could get a lot of rushing yards, that Jacksonville offense. He got a lot of catches. Um, He kind of replaced, what, Fred Taylor? Shout out uh, Florida Gators. Uh, Maurice Jones-Drew was from UCLA. Was a little bowling ball, had a lot of fun. But, yeah, quote is saying when he played uh, NFL, Maurice Jones-Drew played fantasy for most of his NFL career and drafted himself every season. And the quote says, according to NFL Reddit, first overall every time, baby. Yeah, and then uh, moving on to this next story here, everyone in the NFL is popping up on the injury report, but not for what you'd usually see. It seems yeah. like everybody's getting sick. I mean, you were talking about the Jets, right? The Jets have a lot of guys getting Sam sick. Sam Darnold got mono. Yeah, Le'Veon Bell sick. Uh, Ryan Griffin, but he shouldn't go by Peter Griffin. They're tied in. He's sick, but expected to play. You said something about New England. Yeah, New England, when they uh, when they played last week, they took two planes down to Houston because they wanted to keep the sick people quarantined from the non-sick people. That's just the total Bill Belichick move. You think he made his son right on the clean plane or the sick plane? Oh, probably on the sick plane. Looks like it. Yeah, you gotta you gotta build some grit in that. That's you know? right. Uh, so our our guy that yeah. we have crowned as our guy, Mark Ingram, turns thirty this month, and you know he's been giving us all these great quotes. Justin Tucker, though, the Baltimore kicker, might have ruined all the momentum that he created with this one. Like in the spirit of my teammates who have been up here to talk to you guys the last few weeks, I should say something like real inspiring, like big trust. And I'll open it up for questions. Yeah, he failed on that delivery. And yeah. somebody who knows about failing on sometimes on delivery, um, I failed with a nickname that I thought Juan Thornhill should get. I admitted my defeat. Justin Tucker, this isn't your this isn't your content. By the way, Oklahoma just scored in the first possession of overtime. They now lead 30 to 23 over Baylor, as that is clearly outside the NFL and inside the college football championship weekend. Um yeah, Justin Tucker, just leave it to Mark Ingram. Sometimes when people have funny things, you don't need to repeat them or try to make them your own. Just let it be. Come up with your own content. You're a funny guy. You've been funny for quite some time. You're the best kicker of the NFL. Just stick to that narrative. Don't try to do something else because when you deliver that line, the media, who normally would be like over-the-top robust when it comes to a laugh, was just kind of like, uh. Yeah, no, you didn't even get like the general media laugh where everyone was like, ha, <laughs> No, he didn't no, get it at all. He just got the, uh, like, yeah. yeah. And especially the way he did, he's like, good trust. Like, no, it's not you, man. Leave our guy Mike, Mark Ingram alone who's getting ready to celebrate some stuff this month. Another reaction that gave kind of gave me a kind of feeling was I saw speaking of the Ravens on Twitter today, I saw this fan talking about the Ravens quarterback or maybe a former NBA player. I'm with two huge, huge Ravens fans. Yes. So today, 
you, Darrell, what do you love most about the Ravens this season? Oh, man, the Odom. Jackson. 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 Mm. Nothing's worse for a reporter that's going out and trying to get some information and do some sound bites. I know this because I used to go to Arrowhead before the games and try to get reactions. And when people would deliver the wrong name, like I did earlier when I said Jake Burrow, not Joe Burrow, uh, it happens. But when she sets that up, when she's ready to play that and she's ready to go with this balls to the wall and she goes, what's your favorite part about this season? You're huge fans. And he just <laughs> shouted out Lamar Odom. Lamar Odom. Nobody's heard of Lamar Odom since a Kardashian in the last five years. Yeah. Uh, and then also, this is just, I mean, we've been talking about Jerry Jones, but he was big mad on our sister station, 105.3, the fan in Dallas. Here's just some of the best parts of his interview from yesterday. What answer do you have for how this team is playing right now? We're not playing very well. Are you embarrassed? Are you embarrassed as an organization about how the team is hey, playing? Get your damn act together, yourself. Okay. Now I'm. I'm. I'm we're going to have a good visit this morning, but uh, settle down just a little bit. I. I mean, I. I as a Cowboys a fan, we've Jerry, got a lot to go over. Now go on with your question, but. Uh, uh, I'm going to uh, give you the answers I want to give you this morning, and uh, I don't like your attitude to come in. I've been traveling all night, and I'm not, I don't have the patience to jack with you today. I, I understand that, Jerry. I'm just saying, like, emotionally. Uh, let's get with it, and let's ask some questions. All right. What kind of questions? Yeah, Jerry Jones, not happy there, and it got even worse because they ended up having to just dump the call all together. Here, listen to this. Even if you add them something in mind, unless they're not involved in the National Football League right now, and it wouldn't be smart if they were involved other places. So, you know, we we, uh, we won't understand that because of some of the answers you just can't do you, give. Do you understand bullshit? <laughs> we we just had to drop that twice, so I just leave it. Thank goodness for the radio.com app. What would be your response to the fans who last night on social media said they felt like this team quit on Jason Garrett? Uh, all right, that's it. Oh, Se- seems like he didn't want to answer that question, Kevin. Okay. All, all right. right. Well. <laughs> that was super fascinating. Uh, we got our uh, program director, Gavin Spittle, joining us right now. What what happens is is that um, we have a delay system in the radio station, and when certain words are used, we hit the dump button, and it cuts down if you hit it twice in a row, which I had to do because of the two swears. Um, that automatically cuts everything off of the radio station oh, okay. minus the host. So, so we no. hung up on Jerry? We did. Actually. Holy oh, my God. We did oh, it. <laughs> they definitely did it. And a little peek behind the curtain on how the dump button works. I've had to use the dump button a few times mm-hmm. since I've been here at 610. Yeah. But I never would have thought that I'd see the dump button pulled on an NFL owner. First off, Jerry Jones is in, the old, is in his own world of mess. Because, first off, he decides to do all this. And when he tells those poor guys, by the way, using the radio.com app, got to love that, uh, Oklahoma has officially beat Baylor a final in overtime, a final score of 30-23, to 23, the under hits in the first college football game. Shout out to myself for taking the under in that one. But when Jerry Jones says, I've been traveling, I ain't got time for bull bleep, all that kind of stuff, that's on you, Jerry. You decided to join that radio program. You decide to be the face of that franchise, and you decide to put Dallas in the circumstances that you need to put Dallas in. That's on you. It's been your fault. It always has been your fault. You can blame whatever you want. You can decide not to deal with the nonsense, but when you make that bed, you got to sleep in it, and I have no 
remorse. I feel no remorse. I do not feel sorry at all for Jerry Jones. In fact, Jerry Jones has literally lived long enough to see himself be the villain for about 20 straight years. Not a good time to be a Dallas Cowboys fan. They lost the Bears, and Jerry Jones is losing his mind on our sister stations, and that was outside the NFL. And coming up, we're going to tell you why it's actually a good time to be a Chiefs fan because Sunday, I think my prediction might make you happy. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price, 610 Sports Radio. I hate to be that guy, but I think the college football weekend's over. I think it's locked. I think it's sealed, signed, sealed, delivered. I think I'd have to agree with you. Right. After you, seeing Oklahoma win in overtime, you know, a tough game against yeah. number seven. Oklahoma's one, which knocks out. Last yeah. night. Utah's out. They were number six, right? Or number five. Number five. So they're out. Oklahoma takes over for them, right? They're above them. Baylor is after that. They're out. Wisconsin, no chance against Ohio State. They're out. Even if Clemson loses, I don't think they're going to lose out in the college football playoff. You hate to see it. It's still fun to watch these championship games because these guys will still play their asses off. I'm not going to give you any credit. I'm not going to take any credit away from that. But you got to think that LSU is probably going to beat Georgia. If they do beat Georgia, that means Georgia's out. Oklahoma's in. It's Oklahoma the four seed. It's Clemson the three seed. Ohio State is the one seed. LSU's the two seed. So we would get Ohio State versus Oklahoma. And you would get LSU versus Clemson. You would think that LSU and Ohio State could both win and move forward. And you would get the game that we all want to see. Because, for once, it's not Alabama and Clemson. Yeah, right. And, I mean, Clemson's a great team. And a lot of people love watching Trevor Lawrence play quarterback. But I think that just like people are kind of getting sick of Tom Brady and the Patriots winning every year. Yeah. People are getting sick of the same thing every year of Alabama-Clemson, Alabama-Clemson, Alabama-Georgia. Alabama, Clemson, you know, do you it's think, time to shake things up. Do you think if Clemson loses that Alabama could somehow find themselves in it? No. I don't either. Like, so many people are like, well, you guys got to remember, like, got to think. I mean, they didn't, they didn't give themselves an opportunity by being in this game right. happening today, you know? Yeah. Um. So, yeah, Um. I think that uh, we're all set. I think LSU's probably going to beat Georgia's because LSU's really, 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 really good. Um, if LSU loses, uh, Georgia stays. Then Georgia's the three. Then Clemson's the four. LSU's or uh, Ohio State's the one. And LSU's, I don't know, still the two. Do they drop? So what? Clemson goes to two. LSU goes to three. Oklahoma's four. Or Georgia's, at, I don't know. I think that's like the only way that it's not set in stone with yeah. what we just said is if Georgia does beat LSU, then you'd probably see those teams maybe like flip around in the rankings, but they're still both going to be in it. But yeah, still a fun weekend. Um, Of course, the biggest thing uh, this weekend, other than fantasy football playoffs, which I know a lot of you can say we don't care about your fantasy team, but we know that some of you out there in the playoffs, so the NFL is quite intriguing for you this weekend, but something that's very intriguing is the uh, Chiefs versus Patriots. Sunday, 325, we've teased it a lot. Arrowhead Pride pregame show starts at 125. The postgame show immediately following the game, taking your calls, playing audio from the locker rooms, from the sounds, everything you need. Um, and, of course, Bink Sunday, 10 to noon. And then before that is Steven Serta, 9 to 10, with fantasy uh, fantasy uh, show with Steven Serta. But from what I've gathered, from what I've thought about this week and everything I've talked about and how I look at it in the perspective of what I think can happen and not in a biased or homer way, I think the Chiefs win 30 to 24. 
I think that's what I'm going to go with. 30 to 24. Um, I think that that's a six-point cover. I think the Chiefs cover the three-point dog that they are faced. I think the over-under of 49 hits. I don't trust this Patriots defense against this Chiefs offense. I think that Andy Reid can really use running back by committee in a way where he can keep the ball um, in LaShawn McCoy's hands and not in turnover fashion because basically the way the Patriots are playing this game is they're hoping the Chiefs make a mistake. I don't think that Patrick Mahomes is capable of making those mistakes. I know that he's had a lot of, uh, not a lot, but he's had a few interceptions that were dropped. He had one in that Oakland game, but that was, I don't think he realized the power of Mother Nature um, and how windy and how swirly it can get in that stadium. But I just don't see the Chiefs being that type of team. I get it. It's in New England. The last AFC team to beat the New England Patriots was the Kansas City Chiefs in 2017 when they had Alex Smith. But again, I think Mahomes finally gets the knock. We talked about it a little bit earlier. Peyton Manning finally got the knock on the third try in the playoffs in 2006. What happened for Peyton Manning? Went on to win the Super Bowl in 2006. So 31-24. to is my prediction for Chiefs-Patriots Sunday. I'm going a little bit higher on that. I'm going to go 38-27 Chiefs. And I think that the main key to this game is obviously going to be, you look at what the Patriots did in the AFC Championship game, 48 carries for 160 or 176 yards and four touchdowns, out uh, winning the time of possession battle 44-21. to I think that the way that the Chiefs combat that is not going to be by stopping the run because – We've seen it. That's not what they're good at. But what they can do is jump out to an early lead. This offense has kind of been a little sluggish the last two weeks. I don't know exactly what that is, what is to attribute to that. But I think that, you know, Andy's got some some cards he's been holding in his back pocket. He's going to bring them out. He's going to try to get this offense clicking. And he's going to try to make the Patriots play from behind to try to take away that running game from a scheme standpoint instead of actually going out there and stopping the run because they haven't been very good at it this year. So, 38-27, I say the Chiefs go out to an early lead, kind of force it into a Mahomes versus Brady battle, yeah. and then the rest is history there. Yeah, because that's kind of what we talked about, right? This is basically round three, prize fight, Brady-Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Both teams are, I think the Chiefs are a better team right now in the season than the uh, than the New England Patriots. I think the New England Patriots have a lot of trust issues. I think they have a lot of questions moving forward of where this team can move into the playoffs. I think they had a very soft schedule. They're getting a lot of games thrown at them recently where, yeah, they've been on the road and lost. They haven't lost at home yet this year. But then again, they haven't played a team like the Chiefs at home this year. And by the way, after they play the Chiefs, they get the Buffalo Bills one more time, and then it does get a little bit easier as they get Miami and Cincinnati. Um, But again, it's Mahomes. It's Brady. Can Mahomes do it? Can he get over the hump? Can he join the other two this year and knocking off TB12? Two-minute warning. That'll bring us to the two-minute warning. What the heck? Let's go. All right. That ticking clock is not the show Watchmen, by the way. If you haven't started Watchmen on HBO, get on it. It looks sweet. Oh, it's amazing. It's a very, very good show. Watchmen on HBO has been a fantastic watch. I'm on the final season of Peaky Blinders, so that's kind of fun. Um, and then Wednesday nights, you should watch AEW. I don't know how big of a wrestling fan you are, Nick Price, but it is fantastic. I like wrestling. Um, we got to wrap this show up and get out of here. Thanks for everybody that listened to Live and Local. Remember, Chris Unicero and... Julio Sanchez will follow us as uh, two of the three of the sexiest radio uh, tandem will be in in studio today. The other one, Jillian Carroll, out today. Um, The other thing that we talked about today is uh, Jerry Jones sucks. 
Um, Steven uh, Belichick looks like he smells like stale cigarettes. Looks like Cleveland's friend that is the uh, the one with the mustache. He also looks like Kiefer Sutherland from the movie Lost Boys. And Chiefs Patriots this Sunday at 325. There's really nothing else to go over on that. Yeah, I mean, right? also, Steve Belichick sounds exactly like Bill. Yep, exactly they sound like exactly head. alike. Um, they bonded by watching film. I got crushed with my nickname for the uh, Baby Badger, and now we've come up with the nickname the Badger Brothers. I like the Badger Bros. So, I mean, it's all right. Um, but, yeah. Chris shaking his head. Always. He always disagrees. Yeah. Um, it's fine. It's, he keeps you grounded. Uh, but I'm Dusty Likens. That's Nick Price. You get overtime after us, and uh, we'll get out of here. See you later, Kansas City. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price. 610 Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.